0: Welcome to Sitcom Geeks, coming to you live from the Bill Murray pub in the Angel Islington. Yes, we got so good at it now that we've managed to record the sound of a live audience pretending <laughs> to be here. But they're yeah. uh, they're yeah. actually here, yeah. and it's a... Very special show. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And our special guest is uh, one of the uh, finest comedy writers uh, in the country. And uh, mm-hmm. as James was saying earlier, we're all a little bit jealous of him because he's so brilliant. <laughs> Please
1: welcome John Finnimore. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. And like a true radio star, you waited for the applause to die down before you yeah so yeah. so you can edit in whatever you
2: like in front of my, <laughs> this is my right. reply in your, in your seething jealousy and hatred <laughs> of me you can make me look like a complete <laughs> pranny if you wish pranny can I commend pranny. you on your words it's sitcom it's a sitcom episode we need to be using more words like pranny and yes. knit. <laughs> knit knit is
1: good wally yes. W- wally yes any, uh-huh. any, any other offers any other sort of low level Herbert Herbert is good Nook. Nook. That's a porridge that's one, a isn't it? Run, yeah. that, was that Did even, they make up that? I, I think, think it I, was yeah, yeah. like a smeg was made up for Red Dwarf. Anyway, mm. uh, we'll see. We're geeking already. How very exciting. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, John, uh, you have written lots and lots, especially for radio. We're thinking Cabin Pressure. We're thinking Double Axe. We're thinking John Finmore's uh, Souvenir Programme. Um, I can only assume... Uh, that you spring out of bed every morning and uh, (laughs) have a nice lovely breakfast, a low GI breakfast maybe, and then uh, sit at your desk and dreamily type sketches and comedy um, have lunch, uh, maybe go for a walk after lunch and then do some more writing and then (laughs) Have a lovely go to your evening. gentleman's yeah. club. It's, 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 it's all very
2: much like um, the beginning of a, of a Disney princess film. Uh, <laughs> woodland animals tend to come in and give me script notes. <laughs> and, and, uh, an animated squirrel. <laughs> yeah, can offer me a, a bowl of commas. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's, it's,
1: uh, it's all delightful. Yeah. But I, I suspect, I think we, when we spoke to Carrie Quinlan, I think...
2: Um, uh, she she ditched a bit oh, of the oh she just spent half an hour bad mouthing <laughs> a little bit a, a, a little bit the process that leaves her without a without a script to rehearse until the day of the recording B- or maybe, maybe that did come up um, <laughs> but
1: she was. Um, uh, she was saying that, much to my relief, you actually find writing extremely difficult. Yes. Now, are you one of those writers who enjoys writing, or one of those writers who enjoys having written?
2: Absolutely, the second one. I, I barely enjoy writing at all. There's there's two tiny bits of. I mean, I'm really happy with my job. I'm you know I'm very um, content, but like most people, I don't happen to enjoy the work that I do, I, I hate writing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, and as you say, I love having done it, I like being a writer, I like the stuff I've produced, but producing it is is murder, and uh, there's only two little bits that I enjoy. Right at the beginning, when you've got a, a vague premise, you know, you know, you're doing another series of double acts, and you can do whatever you like, and you've got a blank, and you, this is the one time when the blank page isn't oppressive, you've got a new notebook, and you can just noodle away uh, all the kinds of things you might do—you don't have to work on any details. Well, as soon as it gets hard, you can go on to the next thing. That's lovely. Mm. And then the other bit that's fun is right at the other end when you've got something that's pretty much finished, but you can take one more go through and see if you can just, you know, tweak tweak any any jokes okay. or any lines. Everything in the middle—the ninety, it's more than ninety nine percent in the middle—is no fun at all. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's,
1: that's kind of reassuring, isn't it? Because yeah. I, think, I think people just assume that if I'm not enjoying writing, if I'm
2: finding it hard, I must be doing something wrong. I would say for most, now people, are, as you know, mm. writers are different and have different styles, but I would say for most writers, if you are enjoying it too much, mm. you're more likely to be doing something wrong. You're more. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably awful. No, but it's probably not well plotted, because plotting is really hard, and if you aren't sweating blood on the plot, then your plot probably isn't good enough, and the reason you're enjoying yourself is because you're writing loads and loads of dialogue, and there's lots of, you know, back and forth chat and jokes, and plenty of bounce, bounce (laughs) bouncerama, but it's not progressing, there's no, you know, nothing's moving on, nobody wants anything, no one's being stopped, no one's changing anyone's mind, it's just um, some jokes about kittens. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, don't do that. Um, Don't enjoy yourself.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. That uh, with uh, double act, which which is. Really unlike any other radio show that I, I can think of, in a good way. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for adding that, James. Yeah. Um, but it was um, th- th- that strikes me more as um, the, the, the intricacy of the, the plotting of that. That 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 feels like a, something that must be that much harder. You have to kind of, you know, it's a self-contained half hour, so you have to, uh, and they are intricately plotted. So that must be even uh, the, the 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 pain surely of that is even more than yeah.
2: The, yeah, they were Blue Murder. Um, yeah. And also uh, because they are standalone pieces. There's no connection, between, some small trivial connections between them, but basically they're standalone plays. Oh, is there a
1: secret code to them? No, no, That's
2: oh. I, I was um, <laughs> I was rather sorry. I put a couple of links in just to amuse myself. So, you know, somebody works at the company that yeah. someone else founded and, you know, things like that. But what I didn't, um, what I should have predicted but didn't was that people would pick up on those and go, oh, I can't wait to see how this all comes together <laughs> <laughs> in a mind-blowing final episode. Wow. And I was going, guys, this, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's that's not yes. what I meant. Yes, at all, there's right. nothing it's there for you yeah. they are and standalone plays, but because they're standalone plays, they take, yeah you, they, you, you have to come up with the situation and the characters from scratch, and there's, having done so many uh, uh, episodes of sitcom, when I came to that it was refreshing that I could tell one story and then never meet these girls again, or they mm. don't have to meet each other again or you can tell the most important thing that ever happened to them, rather than another incident in their lives mm. which was uh, strangely forgotten next week mm. uh, as we have to do with sitcom um, but it does involve coming up with a new premise every single time uh, so yeah it was harder uh, but sitcom has its own yeah uh, sitcom is very it's, a, it's such a mannered format and I, I don't think people viewers and listeners necessarily notice how How um, you know it's like a, a a a set piece of verse like an ode or something it's got Mm -hmm. you know there's certain things you have to do and you've some of which are set up by the general rules of sitcom and some of which are set up by you as your own personal god of your sitcom and you know but you have to include these characters and there has to be Mm -hmm. this particular drive and there has to be something at stake and there has to be some sort of moral even if it's a twisted Mm -hmm. one it's it's really quite a a strange um as I say, set thing to write, and then, of course, on top of all that, you've got to try to make it sound natural. Like, there's not all of that going on at all.
1: <laughs> yes, no, you're sort of planning, spinning about sort of 12 plates simultaneously, aren't you? But actually, in, it, but if you're doing it on a one-off every every week, that, I mean, that, uh, it, w- when you were th- coming up with this format, partly, I, I guess, of Double acts, it was refreshing to be able to do this. Mm. Uh, were you and are you sort of hoping that one of these might turn into a sitcom,
2: or that's just not even... You know that's not even a consideration. Um, I think it started off as uh, before I came up with the actual two-hander part of it, when it was just, right. I'll just do six, rather that I don't have an idea for what I want to do next after Captain after pressure. But if the BBC will let me, I will do six different things, mm. like um, you know, Goldman Simpson or Ronnie Barker did, mm. not to compare myself, obviously. Uh, but you know that style of mm. anthology, and then yeah, then I think the idea was very much, oh, and let's see which one of those. I and Radio 4 mutually like and might want to do more of. But then that was just too blank a canvas. You could do when I could do six episodes of anything, it was very hard to pick particular ones, and even when I started to work on them, they felt like sweepings up, even though they weren't. They were new ideas, but because there was nothing linking them, it felt like I'd gone, ah, Kevin pressures over, here's my bottom drawer full of half ideas, and I didn't want to do that. So one of them was naturally a two-hander, and I thought, oh, well, what about if they all were, and that, and then I think converted a couple of the other ideas very vaguely, you know, they or new ideas grew out of two I already had, oh. and then three more completely. Yeah.
0: At what point yeah. did you decide um, I'm not going to be in these? And, and did that affect the writing? Or not
2: in all of them? Because you're in or, one, no, I'm one. I'm in one. one yeah. yeah, I um, uh, I knew I I knew I wanted to have different actors in each one, mm-hmm. and therefore my maximum was, you know, I could be in one. Uh, <laughs> and then when I got a second series, I wasn't necessarily going to be in that until. Uh, quite near the end of, the, you know, one of the last ones we, we cast, uh, we got Michael Palin, and the other part was a guy in his 30s, and I thought, do you know what? <laughs> 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 I, <don't>, I think <laughs> I, I've earned if this. If we're looking for someone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to spend a day doing a two-hander yeah. play he's written with Michael Palin, maybe maybe I'll do that. Yes, <laughs> so, so, I uh, don't like to yeah, push so now myself. It's, now yeah. it's one for series, that's a, the that's a new rule. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, going, so uh, bearing in mind that writing is... So you know you do find it so hard um in a way what 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 was it that sort of set you on this path to writing why do you write is it more that you enjoy the craft of the words is it the characters is it the you know at what point in your life were you thinking I could actually be right obviously you're an actor as well but you know you clearly love to write what is your
2: yeah how did you end up putting yourself through this torture on an almost <laughs> daily basis? Um, well, I, I mean, it was comedy that I wanted to do, and I didn't really know what form that would take, whether I'd be more of a, uh, a performer or a writer or a comedian, you know, as in a stand-up mm. or, um, you know, in a double act, or what I would do. Um, and this was only in answer to the the, the embedded question within mm. the larger question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at universities, when I, I okay. thought, oh, hang on, maybe this is something that it would be... Not stupid to try at least for a year or so after. You know, yeah. it wasn't before university. It wasn't something that really occurred to me as something that real people, you yeah. know, did or that I could ever yeah. expect to do. But university, where you meet other people who take it seriously yeah. um, and get so much practice, made me think, okay, well, I'll give it a shot yeah. after university. But I was, yeah, uh, I, I, I just loved comedy and I loved performing and I didn't enjoy writing but I enjoyed performing stuff I'd written so but of course as you know the thing that you can the thing that you can do off your own bat when no one is asking you to work for them is right you can't really Mm even when you've got an agent, you can't really badger them to send you to auditions. Um, it's just... And you can't fantastic. just sort of turn up uninvited. no, no, <laughs> I found that out the hard <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <all> right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not in, um, in No Country for Old Men. It was that close. <laughs> <I was laughs> no, sitting was, outside. With my moustache and they yeah. just, no. Um, no, you can't do that, but you, what you can do is, is, you can do the equivalent of that for writing. You can write stuff and just send it off even if they haven't asked for it. Yeah. Um, and so I did that and... Um, it wasn't immediate by any mm. stretch of imagination, but after four or five years, mm. I was more or less doing that. And mm. I was also um, performing, you know, for free in rooms like this around mm. London, and um, uh, I was doing the Edinburgh Festival mm. and all that sort of thing. And you know, th- that started to get. Basically, what I'm saying is, I didn't really choose the balance of writing and performing in my career. It chose me. The jobs mm. that uh, I can get chose me. And I still do perform, and I'm performing more in other people's stuff. But mm. um, what people really want from me is to uh, sit outside, you know, <laughs> what people really want from me is to sit out of sight behind a computer and send them pages. They don't, they don't want yeah. this on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing hard. at my face. <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of the listener at home, um, We
0: We... Um, we interviewed you, actually, funny enough, about um, seven years ago. Uh, um, we did for a very early uh, podcast we did for the British uh, Comedy Guide. And, and uh, in that, you revealed that I, I haven't got a phenomenal memory, by the way. I just happened to listen <laughs> to it yesterday. Um, but you revealed that you, uh, when you're writing sitcom, you actually write kind of all six episodes in uh, uh, not, not obviously not. Six pens, all that's doing <laughs> at the same time, but but you've kind of got six episodes on the go, yeah. Uh, when you're writing,
2: yeah, I part. try to sometimes the um the requirements of the recording process. So, you know, we a radio recording, as you know, is recorded in. Uh, three recordings, two episodes each, and so uh, at some point I just have to buckle down and, and get the ones that are <laughs> now frighteningly close to being recorded finished. <laughs> uh, but before that point, <laughs> I like to spend months and months procrastinating by trying to shape all six, have an idea for all six, because, you because know, even if you're not doing a mm. very archy sitcom, as you're discouraged from doing on the radio, you still need to know where they're going, what else might happen, and there's still stuff that can crop up that doesn't. I my besetting. Um, well, one of my many besetting sins as a writer is I just overwrite and try to cram too much plot into every episode. And there's always a point where I realise, okay, this 1200 uh, word thing has to mm. get boiled down to uh, 12,000. I should say has to get boiled down to you know five eight. And that's when I often go, oh well, hang on, that whole plot that could be a, that could be a plot in itself, or that could be a tiny part of this thing that's happening over here in episode five. Right. Mm. Yeah,
1: and so do you, did you find therefore because it feels like therefore you're thinking of a series as a whole. Um, one of the things, uh, at the risk of sounding too flattering, but I'll go for it. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So Zurich uh, episodes, the two episodes of Cabin Pressure, are two of the best sitcom episodes I've ever heard and oh. seen, and actually the best last episodes of any sitcom, pretty much that I can think of, um, because sitcoms. You know, by definition, shouldn't end. Mm. They're, they're they're an eternal act too. And the moment they try to, even the Seinfeld final episode was awful, mm. really awful. Um, but and that's why also, um, as I, have boringly blogged about, why sitcom movies sort of don't work because they they can't work because mm. nobody can learn anything and mm. it sort of doesn't really. But there is an, an there was there was an, an amazing. A pleasing ending to all of the characters uh, in the Zurich episode. And at what point
2: were you beginning to plan how you would end it? Molokai, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Christmas special. It was after the first two series, and then uh, I did. We did a Christmas special, yeah. I and I just had one. this little, little, idiosyncratic thing that the episodes are named after the destinations, and they happen to be they were named alphabetically as a start, just as a sort of little joke from my producer, and then that became what. Which we Which he doing. didn't
1: notice for quite no, long time. He
2: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a really sharp, he's really man. sharp, <laughs> and he does the Times crossword competition, the one yeah. where they all sit in exam rooms and you know do it in three minutes flat. And he didn't notice that Abu Dhabi was followed by. Boston was followed by Cremona uh, <laughs> until quite some time afterwards. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that meant that uh, the 13th episode began with M and was a special, and I realised, hang on, if I do two more series and another special, that'll take me to Zed so neatly that people will think that was the plan all along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I decided to do that if I could, you yeah. know, if we got recommissioned. And I certainly knew that for a sitcom it would be lovely to have an end point to work mm. towards for exactly the reasons you were uh, describing. And, yeah, so I, I did a lot of the work then as I was writing mm. Molokai about, well, what the general, sh- not every nut and bolt of it mm. or every golden wire, but the general shape of uh, at, at the ending. And then I could, yeah, the next two years, as I wrote the the episodes coming up to that, I knew where I was going. And I knew, most importantly, you know, there's the stuff about, Seeding clues to the you know kind mm. of the big surprises and the the the, mm. the 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 clever bits, as it were. But mm. more importantly than that is uh, moving the relationships and getting to change those in a way that, as you say, mm. is a luxury for sitcom because generally you have to just keep them in the same old mire mm. That's I mean you know that's that's keeping them funny. Mm. Um, but this allowed me to change it a bit and also to think about well why is it going to be the last episode? What um, uh, as you say, there's ways of ending it so that people get a happy ending, but that's not that's not satisfying enough for the audience. What the audience want to know is, well, why aren't we going to hear more about, even if you change the, the setup, and mm. okay, so now it's Douglas and Herc, they're the pilot, well, why aren't we going to hear that? So what I tried to do was find a way for the four well, for five main characters to sort of graduate from being in a sitcom, from being stuck <laughs> in that eternal loop where, mm. you know, the the idea of the trapped sitcom character is mm. that they are always striving for something but they'll never get it because of a fundamental thing about themselves or their situation mm. that, that they can't see and will never understand uh, so I wanted to find ways for my, f- in their different ways, for my mm. five characters to progress beyond that, to graduate mm. uh, and to uh, yeah, without it being all hugs and learning, uh, mm. for it to be clear why, oh okay, well now Douglas isn't obsessed with not being the captain anymore. Now mm. he's been prepared to, for instance, to sort of um, to go out on a limb and not wait and hang back and wait until he's got it all perfect and then come in you know, with mm. a, a perfect plan. He, in Zurich, he's on caught on the hop and he knows mm. he has to do something without really knowing the full details and he has to act like a captain. Mm. Um, so that was one example. I won't go through all five of them, yeah. but they all needed something where you went, okay. So that's why we're not doing the sitcom anymore because you're no longer doing the thing that means that Basil Fawlty will always be mm. in that sitcom because he has no, you know, he's not a ch- he's not the sort of man who yeah. changes. Yeah, mm. and
1: we could have easily they could have done six, twelve, twenty-four more episodes of Faulty Towers, and it sort yes. of feels it feels like a shame that they didn't. Whereas actually, as you say, you you manage
2: to move everybody on, so you feel like it's over. Well, that was the idea. Yeah. And then when people ask me when, you know, why I don't bring it back, I, I, I never said I'll never do that. Mm. But I'm not keen to, and it would have to be such a good reason to yeah. to come back to it because I put all that time into saying, no, this is the, you know, this yeah. is the ending. This is why we're not doing it anymore. And I don't want to unpick that, mm. uh, you know, just because. Um, yes,
1: some people say, go on, Yeah, go and of course on. it's tempting,
2: I'd, you know, I'd love yeah. doing it and mm. it would be great mm. to do more, but mm. I don't know, to come back to it certainly, you know, anytime soon would just feel like, uh, oh, well, you didn't have any other ideas then, back to, well. the, back to the old well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I suppose. And you'd have to unpick that ending, that's the other thing, in the way that, um, uh, you know, the famous example is John Sullivan <laughs> ending Only Fools and Horses with a lovely characterful thing where... Uh, you know, they find that the, the watch that was in the lockup, or not unlike mine, actually, now i come to think of it, the watch yeah. was in the lockup all along, so they are millionaires, but the last line is this time next year we'll be billionaires because he hasn't changed. He'll be yeah. the same with a million pounds as he was, uh, you know, when he mm. had a hundred pounds and he wanted to be a millionaire. And so they had all that and then when he wanted to go back to it they had to find a way for them to lose the money or to yeah. you know, mm. get them back into the old rut and yeah. that seemed a shame yeah yeah no he slightly wished that they hadn't yeah uh, that's for sure and that's um, I, uh, I
0: understand have I heard correctly that, that you are thinking of doing a new sitcom for radio is that something oh, did I read that somewhere no, no? Okay. <laughs> alright um. uh, no that's not particularly on the cards right um, okay um, I th- or something that you you, 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 you not planning to do any more souvenir? I don't know who your sources that? are but, but yeah. um, <laughs> you may I need to get them checked because we <laughs> yeah. are doing
2: more souvenir oh, program uh, <laughs> but we I don't at the moment you know I, I yeah. certainly wouldn't really it out at all but I, I don't have the plans for uh, our ideas that come mm. at the moment.
0: I do know that um, actually when we interviewed you seven years ago that you didn't actually have a name for the show and in fact we uh Made the podcast on that on that podcast. We said if you can come up with a name for John, because you you tried very you didn't want to Mm. call it the John Finnamore Show or whatever. Mm. And somebody wrote in to British Comedy Guide and said John Finnamore's Souvenir Program.
2: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> also no, not true ah, no, I'm you, not, not, they they a, you are 0 for I, 3 There was a, uh, a long it. old list of suggestions that started off, you know, they were good and bad suggestions and then quite quickly, because it's a comedy forum they became quite funny <laughs> at my expense, <laughs> uh, oh, which was oh, fine right. uh, but no, um, souvenir program <laughs> came out of my um, head <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I made it up. Uh, I, I gather just made it up. wasn't there, and yeah. then I thought of it, and now it's I gather, there. I gather. They you're the next
0: James Bond, is that yes. correct? And, <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and now, now you are on to Parliament. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, yes, right, that's
1: right. right. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's mm. right. Wow, swing and a miss, swing and a miss, and a swing and a miss. Right. I'm so glad you were all here to hear that, <laughs> uh, and that uh, that's now not going to be edited out. Right. Um, but no, we can't edit that out now, obviously. No, so. Um, I had a brilliant question a second ago, and I can't remember what it was. Um, I've blown it all. You've know? blown it all. <laughs> yeah. Was it a
0: question about John Bink? No, I won't. I won't try. No, no. But um, while you're thinking of that, yeah. I would like to uh, talk about the, um, the the sketch show because it was, um, and and again, it's a very um, it, it's it's a simple premise. It's a straightforward sketch show. Sketches are relatively simple, straightforward things, but they're. they're Fiendishly difficult to get right, and yet you manage to get um, a dozen or so sketches per episode per and seven series so far. I think so. That must be um, hundreds of sketches that they manage to to tell the story and do a sketch. I mean, it's it's the, the the hit rate of the the sketch show is amazing, really. And and when you approach, how how do you find approaching a sketch, say, compared to you know approaching something bigger than that.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's a lot easier because you don't have plot to worry about, but what you have instead is, well you do, but you have plot within three or four minutes. Uh, it's so not really plot so much of shape. Um, but it's harder because or the difficult thing about it is is volume, especially if you're ecocentric enough to try to write the whole thing yourself. You need to write <laughs> 72, or eight, well, 72-ish will go out, so I like to write 80 or 90 and then lose some along the way. Um, and they should be you know they should be different ideas, and they should be funny for different reasons and in different ways um and I don't particularly do returning characters, so um uh yeah, it's just bulk, and the trick there is simply to start as early as I can and uh, as the series have gone on, I've got better and better at putting in um preview shows and rehearsed readings with uh you know friends uh and find ways of giving yourselves. Soft deadlines that are Mm. actually hard enough to hurt if you miss them. (laughs) Um, So you can do something. You know, if I do a small preview show in a, you know, um, sort of room not unlike this, they the tickets are cheap and people and I don't publicise them widely. It's all on my mailing list, and so I know that the people there are expecting to see a work in progress, and that's part of the fun of it. But they are still so they don't expect it all to work, but they do expect there to be at least an hour's worth of material there, Mm. and. and I've got to perform it, and so the funnier I can make it, the less embarrassing it will be for me. Uh,
1: A deadline based around basic politeness. You know, they've, <laughs> they've, they've,
2: they've, they've turned out to see me. I
1: better do some jokes. Well, yeah, I suppose but it's, so. Whatever yeah. works, it's sort of good. It's, you've, got, you've got to do something, yeah. haven't you, to, uh, to make it. Cause, so, how many of those do you sort of do for each series?
2: I've been doing more and more as the series have gone on, and um, yeah, now I do six or eight. Uh, Because they're fun to do. That was the uh, the thing I uh, forgot when I was, or didn't uh, anticipate when I, first put them in. Thought in a sort of glum way, "Oh, that will make me. That will keep me honest and diligent and make me work." and uh what I forgot was I love writing stuff and then getting up on stage and performing it without much rehearsal that's that's how I got into this whole thing in the first <laughs> yeah. place so uh it does provide a few sort of carrots on the way yeah. as well as you breaking the stick into smaller pieces yeah. to absolutely mangle that metaphor <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you don't you don't give uh, the audience members a uh, a cheat a sheet of just like
2: oh we like that when we did like that I did that, that one. the first time the first time I did it and uh I realized, I was joking
1: I'm l- I'm thrilled No that no you no. I'm well, not exactly that <laughs> yeah.
2: but there was a uh, there was a program with the sketch titles on yeah. it, and I, I encouraged feedback, and then realised no, 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 it's the laughs that's the yeah. feedback that you get. They you don't, know. People yeah. don't necessarily know what they want until they get it, and they audiences, even however um, helpful they are, and, and sort of warm their feeling, are not. There's no reason why they should be great at giving that feedback, mm. and they do it automatically, the, the, you know, by laughing. That's the, yeah. that, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's, that's a it. little tip there for you, yeah. sitcom geeks out there. <laughs> uh, what we're after in this comedy business is is yeah. laughter. Yes. <laughs> well, actually,
1: you say that, but laughter has slightly fallen out of favour.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: because you know there's there there is a sort of a new form of comedy which which. Which it it's funny without jokes. Yeah, it's the jokes the you're not doing. Say. That's what's funny. Do you and mean the sort of
2: the dark stuff, or do yeah. you mean the um, the kind of gentle character stuff?
1: Well, I think gentle character is one thing, but there's an awful lot of stuff that's a bit a bit dark and mean and, and comedy mm. drama-ish. Um, I, having said that, I don't like either type. I just like the stuff with actual jokes in it. So I would sort of you know, hooray, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's back, mm-hmm. jokes. <laughs> you know, I
2: don't my, I don't need everything to be full of jokes. Mm. Um, as long as they're, if they're doing some, it's fine to be doing something else as well. You've just got to do it as well as you're doing the comedy. So often with mm. a comedy drama, it's sort of not quite good enough to be either. Mm. But then when it is good enough to be both, it's incredible. Yes, mm.
1: no, that is true. And damn you for having such a balanced opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks go to John Finnemore for joining us for that interview. And you can hear the second part of that interview next time. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and you can also join us on Patreon and you can listen to some extra bonus episodes for Patreon listeners only. And also, um, we will read your first 10 pages and do a special podcast just for that one script. So do Google Sitcom Geeks Patreon to find out more about that. But in the meantime, uh, speak to you next time. Bye bye.